You are equipped with a unique gift that absolutely nobody else in the world has. Guess what? If you can't figure it out by yourself, what it is that makes you unique, the fact that you have the name that you have and, the, and your age and the situation, it doesn't matter. That's what makes you unique. So walk in that. Walk in faith that you are uniquely equipped to do something that no one else can do the way you do it. And so be that, be that representation, be that, you know, be, be, be that presence, have faith in yourself and whoever your supreme being is. Have you ever felt a stirring in your heart that you were called to do something greater than you are doing now or respond to a burning desire in your heart or maybe make a difference in a particular area or someone's life? Or is there a restlessness that stirs in your soul? Well, I'd like to welcome you to When the Moment Chooses You podcast. I am your host, Charlene Johnson, also known as Coach Charlene. This podcast will engage in compassionate, courageous conversations because I believe in your personal development, creating and inspiring destiny moments because every heartbeat truly matters. You will hear stories of change agents and trailblazers that dare to dream and not accept the status quo. Through hearing these stories, I truly believe that it will reignite the flame of passion and move you from just talking and thinking about it to actually being about it. We are all on our journeys of self-discovery. So be empowered as we inspire you to tap into the highest expression of yourself. Let's join the podcast. Hello and welcome to When the Moment Chooses You, the new podcast. And I am your host, Coach Charlene, and I am so excited to t- today to bring on a wonderful trailblazer and change agent, EJ. And I'm going to tell you all about EJ in just a moment. But EJ, how are you doing? I am fantastic. I am so happy to be here with you. I'm excited about this conversation and where this is going to take us. And so happy that you are doing this and giving this exposure to so many people and starting these conversations. So I'm I'm excited to be here, Charlene. Okay, great. Well, I am going to read all of your greatness. I hope you don't mind. (laughs) <laughs> Not a need, but <laughs> so I'm gonna just do a quick little bio. I just I just feel like um it's important for us to know who you are. And so um so EJ, I'm gonna have her pronounce her name and tell the de- definition and all that in just a moment, but let me read the bio. Um EJ is UK born, she's California raised, she's a daughter of Nigeria. As a global citizen, EJ knows representation matters, and so does connection. Whether it's connecting people to, um, whether it's connecting people to people, purpose, or causes, she is living her best life when she is working with others to unleash their superpowers, see their reflection, and unapologetically live life to the fullest. A recognized expert and thought leader in healthcare, business, and equity. A committed community leader, EJ serves on several boards, was named the top 40 under 40 executive by San Francisco Business Time, is a recipient of the Chorus Boy Leadership Award, and was recognized by Modern Healthcare with both the Up and Quarter. I'm going to say that right, both the Up and Corner Award. And as one of the top 10 minority executives in healthcare to watch, she co founded both UTA 
revitalization in eastern Nigeria, and the Pink Couch, a movement focused on changing the world. Um, one uncomfortable conversation at a time. All right. What power. Welcome, EJ, again. And so, hey, can we start with your name? Because you were telling me about it. I want them to hear how powerful your name is. So I was sharing that everything starts with a name. And so my name, my first name, Ijenu, or I go by EJ, which is I-J-E, but Ijenu is a Nigerian name, um, Igbo language. And it means the journey or the journey of life. And so, you know, when I think about my life and how my parents made me, this life is a journey, (laughs) a continuous journey, (laughs) Um, one of which you never arrive, but you continue to grow and you continue to seek what comes next. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. I love that. And definitely we are going to go on a journey today. And I think you guys are going to be inspired like never before. And here we do have compassionate, courageous conversations. So I was so excited to uh, read your bio and uh, see that you actually specialize (laughs) in those uncomfortable conversations. And so I'm going to start out though. Yes. I'm going to start out though, EJ, by you kind of telling us, because when I came up with this um, idea for the podcast that happened in 2020 with all of everything that happened with um, George Floyd. And so um, what I heard in my spirit was what you do in this moment will determine your destiny and dictate your future. And so I believe that there's destiny moments that call us into them. I mean, we don't necessarily choose them, but they choose Mm -hmm. us to speak up, to transform, to disrupt, to do something. And so let's talk about your moment. And I know you probably have had several, but whatever you're willing to share with us about your moment, um, we would love to hear that. I'm going to share two moments. One, because, you know, people think you need to have this life altering, changing, you know, epiphany in life. And and that's when, you know, the angels sing and you get your message and it eh, doesn't always happen that way. Right. So I had one of the moments that found me, it was, it was really um, a simple moment. I had been um, doing a particular role. I had been matrixed out to go out and do some work. I was actually working in Washington, D.C. Um, on contract. So I was flying back and forth every week. And the the work had finally, you know, had kind of come to a, a, a handoff point, right? So I built this infrastructure, built this team, built this, you know, this whole thing. And I was like, okay, great. Well, my assignment is over. At which time um, the leadership there said, oh, well, you've created a job for yourself. So when are you starting? <laughs> awesome. Um, no, 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 no. I'm a California girl. <laughs> I don't do snow. I don't do cold. I wear sandals. Right. So I went down this path, literally like this, this spiral where it was, I don't know anybody in DC. I don't know this area. I've actually created this, you know, this thing, but I don't really know how to do it. You know, I've just created the infrastructure to, you know, to cast it forward. And I really went through this spin of what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? What if it doesn't work? What if I fail? What if I just spiraling, spiraling, spiraling? And I remember having a conversation with my father and I was saying, daddy, and I am a daddy's girl. Daddy, what do I do? You know, I didn't actually ask him, what do I do? I just said, you know, I started telling him all this stuff spiraling. He's like, are you finished? I said, for now, yes, I am. He said, okay, if it doesn't work and you don't like it, you come home and you figure out what you do next. Okay. Done. 
Two weeks later, wow. I was packing up my house and moving to the coast. <laughs> but my, you know, and I say that to say, you know, when the moment finds you, we spiral, we create these scenarios that become bigger than life in our heads. And I had created this bigger life situation in my head that wasn't real. And it never dawned on me in all the spin that I was doing. And I consider myself a pretty intelligent gal, right? It never yes. dawned on me. Oh, you don't like it. You just, you know, you don't have to stay there. Stop. That's awesome. And come home and figure out what's next. And so I think that was one in particular moment that that, that found me. You know, why, when you talked about spiraling, why do you think we do that? Um, because we, and I will speak for me, not for the world. And I am, <laughs> I am the queen of let's have those uncomfortable conversations because if we don't, we're not going to get anywhere. Um, we spiral because we get caught up in a narrative that we create for ourselves, about ourselves and by ourselves. Um, and we don't allow either for fear or for, um, any number of reasons, we don't allow ourselves to share any of those pieces outside of ourselves. And so therefore you're having a narrative with yourself. So of course you're, you're going to spin because there's nobody to balance ideas off of. Yes. <laughs> and so, you know, it is, it's, it's funny because in order to get out of a spiral, you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable, which is part of the reason why people spiral because they don't want to be vulnerable and expose themselves. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's wonderful because I was even thinking about, I mean, I had so many, I mean, total spiral with this podcast because I start thinking about, wait a minute, you don't have an audience. What are you talking about? I mean, you know, just that whole thing. I had to like shut myself up and say, Hey, what if, mm -hmm. what if you do it? And then people start actually listening and then they actually are. So thank you for that. And What if one person, one person listens, and that's the one person who needs exactly the message that you're offering at that time. Absolutely. So I love that. I love that. It is absolutely worth it. You know, that makes me think about something I heard you say a while back, EJ, and I never forget it. You said that you can be a masterpiece and a work in progress all at the same time. And I thought that was so profound. So what would you, what does that, that mean to you? Like you shared that. Uh, and for me, it's you, if you are on a path of always growing and learning and seeking to be better, you're never going to be an expert at everything. You can't be an expert at that new thing because you don't know it. So if you limit yourself to saying, I can only be a mass, you know, I want to be a masterpiece. I can only be extraordinary. Well, you can be extraordinary. You can, but you can also be working on yourself. And those two parts of you can mutually coexist. And it's a beautiful thing. Beautiful yeah, thing. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us about the second moment that you talked about. So the second moment um, is a bit heavier than the first moment. Um, and the second moment was I have a dear, dear, dear friend. Um, I called her Ifunanya. Um, she called me Lagaya. We gave each other. She's um, Filipino. I'm Nigerian. So my family gave her a Nigerian name. Her family gave me a Filipino name. And together we were love and happiness. That's what they meant. So that was, you know, my plus one, my ride or die. We would, you know, we'd go everywhere together. She had two um, uh, semi-adult children, probably about 
you know, one was 19-ish, the other one was um, 17-ish when, when um, you know, this, this other moment happened. So um, we'd hit this juncture in life and she had, was having her sort of second lease on life. She um, found her life partner, who was an amazing man. They, you know, she was pregnant with her third child. Um, life mm-hmm. was good, <laughs> you know, all was well. And, um, but she was one who was thought of as advanced maternal age, you know, anyone who's over 35. So, yes, um, she went into the hospital, um, to have the baby. I spoke to her the night before and her daughter called me the next morning. Um, the 17 year old at the time, she's like, something's wrong. I need you to get to the hospital. Something's wrong. Something's wrong with my mom. Fast forward, I get to the hospital. Um, it is not a good situation. She's in the ICU. She had actually um, had complications um, of her pregnancy, had blood clots, um, mm-hmm. turned into a very bad situation. Long story short, she ended up um, passing away. And um, we I was actually there with her family, with all of us were there when she actually coded and bled out. We watched it happen. Um, oh, my God. So that moment, you know, one, it was, this person is, this was family. This was my sister. Um, and it was in a facility that I worked, you know, that I worked in. Um, and I'm surrounded by her family and I'm just, I'm in this moment of just complete utter loss, loss in so many ways, loss of confidence in the system, loss and belief in, you know, you hear all these statistics about maternal mortality and people of of people of color and women of color, but you never think it's going to meet you. And here I am in this scenario with, you know, this brand new baby who incidentally the baby did, um, you know, the baby survived. Beautiful, beautiful girl who's about to turn five years old. Um, But we're left in this scenario where life as, you know, as we all knew it had ended. And this is something I would not wish on my worst enemy to be there and watch someone that close to you um, die tragically. Um, and to watch their mother watch them die tragically. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. No. Yeah. That's horrible. But it really was a moment when we talk about these moments that choose us, because it was, what do you do with that? There was so much pain. There was so much heaviness. There was so much, what, what do you do with that? And how do you process that? And it takes you to all of those places, everything in your core that you're taught, your belief system all comes into question. Your faith, you know, you you struggle with your faith, the why, the why questions. You also struggle with, you know, beliefs around things like mental health, right? Right. I can't handle this on my, this is not, this is new terrain that I hope to never, ever, ever encounter again, but I don't know how to manage this or manage that of those around me who are relying on me. What What do you do with that? Um, so I think, and it was also, what do I now choose to do with my life and, and her, you know, the legacy that we, you know, were co-creating, what does that mean? What does that look like? Does the pathway change? And so it really was a moment for me where it was lots of life decisions were made just in terms of my focus, my passion, quite frankly, cutting out the BS and some of the conversations that are had where this is irrelevant. This isn't important. I'm not spending my time. And if we're not about having real conversations to, that leads to real action, I'm not interested in lending my time or energy. 
Yeah. And when you say real conversation, so that situation, that moment caused you to really ask those questions and provoke and disrupt systems, it sounds like. And so what are some of the things that you were able to do from that that moment? What did it it push you into doing after you, of course, um, got over the trauma, which I don't think you ever get over it when there's somebody that dear and some someone that close to you that passes on. But what what kind of what what shifted you and made you and what did you start doing? I'm glad you say that because you don't get over the trauma. You learn how to you learn how to cope. You learn how to manage. You learn how to take things day by day, moment by moment. Um, But I think there there were a few things. Um, One, helping and having conversations with families to learn how to advocate for themselves and for their other family members. Right. Um, Yes. If you have a, a feeling or you question something about the. I don't care who you were talking to. I don't care. You're, you're, a doctor is not God. A nurse is not God, right? right. Um, you have the right. It is your body, right? You have the right to advocate for yourself. Ask for another opinion. Ask you know, for, express what you are feeling and what you're going through and demand to be heard as a patient. And so I think one thing is really, really helping people advocate both for themselves and for their family members with the understanding that um, it's not a nice to have. That's an expectation. Yes. Um, I think the other thing is for, you know, me personally, it was I needed to make sure that the work that I was doing was actually driving to a purpose. So I changed I changed jobs. Um, shortly after that, because I really, and I was doing work that I love, but I realized I was not touching close enough to the ground where I was actually, the things that I was, was driving real change that I could see with Susie Tuesday who lives next door. And so it was important for me, um, that I had to, I had to turn the tables on that for myself. And so, yeah, I could do the grandiose and big picture and all of those things, but I also needed to be able to do things that were impacting the economy and economics and equity and all of those things. And so um, I had a career, you know, I had a job change, big job change. Um, And, you know, it also was a catalyst to start to partner with some other girlfriends of mine. We had a really, really tight knit group of girlfriends. Um, And a few of us sort of, we said, "What, what do we do with this? What do we, what do we do with this? Because there's so much here that doesn't get discussed, which also caused us to create a forum where we could raise these issues, any issues, let's have uncomfortable conversations because that's what we all yes. used to do. We used to sit on a couch, one of our girlfriend's couches or laying everybody, all seven of us are laid up in somebody's bed and we're, you know, we're talking and, but we're talking real talk. And that's where I go back to. It is important to have those real conversations. I'm talking conversations about human trafficking, conversations about suicide, conversations about sexuality, um, conversations about race and discrimination and equity, conversations about law enforcement. So it's, you know, everything is on the table. It is, you know, but how do you have the conversation and not just talk for talk's sake, but talk with a bias towards action? What's the so what? What are you going to do about it? Absolutely. Yes. Because, I mean, I mean, I know for me for years, because I'm in maternal child, and I've been there for 22 years. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, 2020 made me speak up 
more than I've ever spoke up before. And so I think you're right. And but people are uncomfortable having conversations. Mm -hmm. But when you start having these conversations, I'm just like straight up like, you know what? I have been uncomfortable my whole life. Mm -hmm. And so I don't mind making other people uncomfortable, especially when we get when we talk about well, I mean, that that young your your friend, that's a nation. Right. That's no longer with us. So we can't not um, we, we have to have these conversations. So I really appreciate you for that. What are and what well, are some of the other add oh, with go right ahead. one other thing? You, you know, you said you don't want to you, you want to continue to have these conversations. Um what I found is and 2020 was a big year, you know, a catalyst for many other things, but really people finding their voice. And 2020, I think, was the year, another moment where it was your discomfort is not my mute button. Come on. Right? <laughs> I love it. That's fine. I mean, I, your your discomfort is not my situation. That's that's your situation. That's not for me yeah. to manage or to deal with. If I'm coming in truth, then that's what I'm going to live in truth. Yes. Now, let me ask you a question because that's bold. That's disruptive. So have you found that in your environment, people are uncomfortable with the boldness, with the brilliance, with the power that you speak from? I, yes. And, uh, and then I have others. I think there, there are different categories. I think there are people who are incredibly uncomfortable. And so they, when I come in a room, they're like, oh God, I don't know where she's going to go. I don't know where she's going to go. I don't know what you're going to raise. I don't, you know, and that's fine. And I can see it. (laughs) So, you know, that's fine. And that's, you know, that's one group. Um, I think there is another group that is the, you know, the complete other end that we're like, you know what, speak truth. I want to hear it. If, you know, if you trust me enough, to speak your truth to me, then I'm going to hear, you know, I'm going to listen to it. And if I'm bold enough to ask you your opinion, because that was another one, 2020, <laughs> 2020, the filter came off because it was, <laughs> I was exhausted. And I was yes. like, stop coming and asking me questions if you don't want to do anything about it. I'm, yes. I, I don't have this. I don't have the stamina. I don't have it in me to continue to pour out into dead ground. So if this is not fertile ground, if you're not going to do anything with the conversation that I'm having with you, with the advice that I'm giving you, with the thought partnering that we're doing, I have no desire to have the conversation. We can just exchange niceties. And so that group was like, bring it, bring it. I love it. Right. And then there you have the, you, you have the in between. And I think that's fine where it's, you know, um, it, they get uncomfortable, they work through it, or sometimes they're uncomfortable and it's like, mm, I'm going to have to, you know, have to step away on this one. This is, you know, this is too much for me. And that's okay. Right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I was just thinking about, um, there was a young lady on, um, we had just finished um, Belong at KP and we had hit a really tough moment in there. And she said, you know what? I'm exhausted. She mm-hmm. said, I need some tools and I need some resources for this exhaustion that I'm experiencing. And so she said, I would like to see us do more about that. Like I'm traumatized. I don't, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm tired of trying to teach people things, you know, what can I do for me to make myself mm-hmm. whole? And I thought that was powerful because she was bold enough to say it because, yeah, um, yeah because a lot of times, you know, People want to get information, but they don't know how you're feeling in that moment, especially when we're dealing with 
all of this systemic racism right. and the, the history and everything that we have to deal with it's um, so just to be here. Much. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so EJ, what, what else, what are you doing right now? Uh, <laughs> that's a loaded question. <laughs> What am I doing I right now? Well, you know, I figured I didn't have enough on my plate. So four months ago, I welcomed twin girls. <laughs> Yay. So I'm the proud mommy. Um, first time mommy of beautiful, beautiful, rambunctious, infectious, bold, brazen, four month old girls. who, as you can tell, I'm just might be a little bit in love with. Um, and, you know, just a little bit. A little bit. I'm raising them to change the world. And to take no prisoners and to just, you know, and to be bold, be bold, be bolder than me. Let me be a stepping stone to them. Yeah. Um, So I think, you know, that that is one. I think, you know, um, investing in family and time, realizing, I think, especially in the last few years, um, you realize how precious life is and how precious family is. Absolutely. Um, And we've had a lot of loss in the last, um, in the last few months. So the importance of just spending time, um, and reaching out and it doesn't always have to be in person because, you know, I'm not one of those who is out there in the world all the way back again. COVID is still real. <laughs> it's still real. Yeah. It's still real. So I'm not one to quickly hop on an airplane, especially with the littles. Um, but the power of video chats and FaceTime and a call and, you know, those, you know, small, intimate gatherings. I just am spending a lot of time in that space. And I think the other one is, is working on the next iteration of me, whatever that looks like, right. And just being open to exploring all the possibilities of what, you know, of what that can be. I had a conversation with someone um, probably early on the pandemic, right before the pandemic started. And they were talking about, you know, People try to build these careers and this like this 30 year trajectory. And what are you going to do over the course of 20 years? And so by year five, I have to be here. And by year 15, I have to be here. And, you know, this person said, what if you reinvented yourself every five years and you were doing, and I was like, reinvent yourself every five years. <laughs> I'm telling you, that has been the most freeing conversation that I have had, whereas I can learn a whole, I'm working on learning a completely new skill set. Uh, that's wonderful. And why not? What prevents me? Absolutely nothing, except for that fear of failure. But guess what? Mm-hmm. I'm a work in progress. Wow, that's awesome. So what would you advise anyone? I mean, especially you do a lot of work with women, correct? Mm-hmm. So what would you say somebody out there, like it could be a, a young person that's ready to accomplish something. What kind of advice would you give them so that they can be their best self? Um I, so everything for me, threes and fives, because I like numbers of things that I can remember. Um, faith, fear, and joy, right? Walk it. You are equipped with a unique gift that absolutely nobody else in the world has. Guess what? If you can't figure it out by yourself, what it is that makes you unique, the fact that you have the name that you have and the and your age and the situation, it doesn't matter. That's what makes you unique. So walk in that, walk in faith that you are uniquely equipped to do something that no one else can do the way you do it. And so be that, be that representation, be that, you know, be, be, be that presence, have faith in yourself and whoever your supreme being is, right? That you're not going to be in a place that you can't turn away from. 
That's awesome. And that success, you will always find success. You just need to define what success means. And success sometimes means I failed really fast, but I got back up and that's success. That's wonderful because there's nobody that can duplicate your fingerprint. No one, no one. The other one, I would say fear. If you're not a little scared, you're not doing any, you're not doing something right. You're not stressing (laughs) yourself. You should be a little scared. You doing this podcast, you should be a little scared, right? Yes. Me coming to talk to you on this podcast, I should be a little, you know, whatever it is, that little bit of um, fear, because it keeps you honest. It keeps you knowing that I'm stretching myself. I'm stretching myself. I'm not going over the ledge, but I'm stretching myself. And then also the joy. I had a mentor who told me to find joy in the beautiful moments every day. Find one beautiful moment, whatever it is. And so remember that you can create that joy. Nobody else has that power for you. You can create that joy for yourself. I'm looking at you. The fact that we had this beautiful conversation today is a joy point for my day. Yes. The fact that you look fabulous in that color while we're doing it, that's another joy point for the day. Right. (laughs) Find those points. Find the joy. And I would also say have a theme song. (laughs) All about the theme song because it gets you, you know, it gets you pumped and your theme song can change. And, you know, you never know where it's going to come from. So I have you literally my theme song right now is it's from the greatest showman. It's the song. This is me. And I'm telling you, and that goes on and I'm like, okay. All right. All right. 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 And that's what pump if like you you get that pump. You get that like, I I can do this. I'm brave. I'm bruised, but I'm who I'm meant to be. This is me. I love that. (laughs) I love that. A theme song. Okay. What's my theme song? Get yourself a theme song. Okay. Okay, I got one. Nothing can stop me. It's actually a motivational song. So that's what I use this morning when I got my butt on the treadmill. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yes. So I love that. So, um, so okay, one more thing. I, I always ask my guests, uh, first of all, let's talk about barriers first. Any barriers? Did you face any barriers, EJ? Oh, no, no, life was easy. Everything was great. <laughs> let's I'm hear. Where do you want to start? Uh, no. You know, I'll, I'll even talk to you about one that is not the conventional barrier, right, that people would automatically think of. My name is not common. Nope. So even going into a room and having people say your name is a barrier because they don't know how to pronounce it. They don't know what they're going to come across. So they'll just overlook it and jump to the next one that they're able to pronounce or that's easier to accommodate, Right. So name is a barrier. Um, Age is a barrier. Coming up in my career, I was always the youngest person in the room. There are advantages and disadvantages of that, right? The barrier is everyone's like, oh, well, they're young. They don't, you know, we're just pouring into them. We're pouring it. We're pouring into you. You don't, you're not ready. You need, you need 10 years of experience in X, Y, and Z field in order to, no, you don't. I was advising C-suite executives when I was, you know, three years out of undergrad, right? Again, tap into what your unique superpower is and trust it. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> that that is, you know, when you talk about barriers, I, you know, and I think they're also the barriers that we create for ourselves. I'm a woman of color. I'm a woman of color from another country. 
Um, and I often work in demographics that are have a large um, large amount of men. So do I shrink away from that? Is that, you know, and a large amount of white men? I will tell you that could be a barrier or it could be your biggest asset. I will tell you white men are right now some of my biggest champions and sponsors who are advocating, who are pouring into me. And because we have had very honest conversations about yes. how they show up, how I show up, how I have felt about how they've shown up. And they have then, you know, what was once a barrier now has become a wonderful leverage point and actual, you know, superpower because they're opening doors that I would, that I didn't even know existed. That's wonderful. That really is. And you know what I was wondering, um, EJ, have you had people in your life um, that have kind of said something like they, they mentioned your name when you weren't in the room? You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. those mentors, because a lot of times those sponsors, just like you mentioned, um, as you were co coming up through your career, were there always someone planted there, you think, that saw their, your greatness and say, you know what, I'm going to help her to get where she needs to be? Or were you, did you just bulldoze and handle your business? No, I think it was I think it was a mix. It was definitely okay. a mix. I've had people who have been in my corner. But being in your corner does not necessarily mean that they're advocating for you. So part mm -hmm. of someone being in your corner and knowing that they're there and they're in a position of power, sometimes you have to encourage them and let them know what your ask is of them. So there are people who never would have thought they're like, oh, you're fine. You're good. You know, I'm just sounding board for you. Where I had to go to them and say, look, you're in rooms that I'm not in. Yes. You're in rooms that I would like to be in. I need you to leverage your voice on my behalf. And like that, they're like, not a problem. Done. Not everybody, but everybody won't say yes, but people, you know, have, for the most part have, you know, but closed mouth doesn't get fed. Hey, that's so powerful. <laughs> you have to, just like you say, you have to encourage yourself. You also have to advocate for yourself. Same thing. My, my life lesson moment, advocate for yourself. It's not just in the hospitals. It's in all aspects of your life. Yeah, that is beautiful. I mean, uh, I could just, that's, that's golden for me. <laughs> that's golden. So, okay. This is now this is EJ's top three. So okay. I'd love to hear your top three to encourage our listeners out there in the audience. And I said the top three for when a moment chooses you, how do you react or respond or whatever your top three for someone to out there listening right now to encourage them? Um, number one, say yes. Mm. Say yes. You can figure out how to define that yes later on, um, but saying yes opens a door. Say wow. yes opens an opportunity. So um, I tell people all the time, the first thing, if someone offers you an opportunity or say yes, um, I would also say be willing to fail because you're redefining what failure means. Fail, it may be you're looking at me, you're like, whoo, you really blew that one. You did not. And for me, I'm like, whoo. All right. I got past that part of it. I won't go down that track again. Now I'm ready to, 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 you know, um, jumpstart myself six levels because I had this experience. I learned from it that the outside world is calling a failure and I'm calling a learning. And I will tell you, that's it. You have to keep reminding yourself of that because I'm like, Oh God, I blew it. No, I didn't yeah. blow it. Hold on, hold on. And it's, you know, you, again, the encouraging yourself. So, you know, and definitely, I would say number two would be um, fail fast. 
And I'm going to go back to that third one, which is enjoy what you are doing. Enjoy, enjoy, find moments of joy. This moment will never come your way again. Yes. No matter what it is, this moment will never come your way again. So cherish it, remember it, and move on to your next moment of joy, but enjoy the moments. Wow. That's beautiful. That's that reminds me of my mantra for this year is you don't die when your heart stops beating. You die when your heartbeats have no meaning. And um, and so what would you say to another person that is really struggling, EJ? They they don't enjoy what they're doing. They're at a crossroad. Uh, they're wondering, you know, what what's what's next? Why am I feeling frustrated and um, not happy anymore? No joy. Just basically just a rat race going on right now. What would you encourage them with? Find something to fuel your passion. And I'm going to say something that might be a little bit controversial. You may still be doing that thing that you hate, that's depleting your soul, because guess what? That's what's paying the bills. And you don't have an option because that's right now what's paying the bills. And you can't jump ship and just say, oh, I'll find something else that fuels my soul. It doesn't always work that way. But you can in whatever you're doing. Find that thing, that outlet, which may evolve into something else that you can then transition into. But find those moments for a long time pre-COVID. Oh, I miss it. I would sal- I would go salsa dancing. I was yeah. going salsa dancing like three times a week. It fed my soul. I hated going to the gym. This was, you know, how I got my exercise in. And it was actually this freeing moment where I could literally just live in that moment. Find those things that give you joy, because guess what? Then you always have something to look forward to. That was mine. You got to find what, you know, what that is for you. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I love that we can um, enjoy the journey as we go, because that's kind of what I hear you Mm -hmm. saying as well. Um, I'm so thankful that you stopped by to talk to us and empower us. and, And we are excited of all the work that you're doing. Is there anything else that you would like to the listeners to know before we close out? I mean, one, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for inviting me to this forum. Thank you for convening this forum because you don't know whose life you're changing in this very moment and whose lives will be impacted by the messages that you are putting together. So thank you for trusting yourself Mm -hmm. and allowing yourself to be used to do this and to give this gift of you and others um, to the rest of the world. So I just want to start by saying thank you for that. Um, I really would say, um, get yourself a theme song (laughs) (laughs) song. Um, and figure out what emboldens and empowers you. Figure out your routine, figure out those things that are real. If it's people if it's, you know, if going to the gym is your thing, figure out how to incorporate that in so that that fuels you. If it's spending time with your children, figure out how to do that so it fuels you. I will tell you, I'm that one. I have my theme song, but I also, someone told me this once and I was like, you've got to be kidding. But then I tried it. They said, strike a power pose. Oh, yeah. Or you're about to give a poop. So I have my full blown Wonder Woman stand that I will stand in. And ground myself before I go into a difficult conversation or even just, a, you know, a, a meeting or something where I want to be on top and bring my A game. Um, so find that thing, find that thing for you 
And if you decide to do what everybody else is doing, you're never going to find your joy because that's that, mm. that's their joy. Wow. So, that's awesome. Yeah. And then, okay, I got to ask you one more question. <laughs> yeah, I promise this is going to be it. <laughs> um, but, you know, I notice a lot of times and I, and I have to put myself in this box too at one time. Mm-hmm. I was afraid, EJ, to talk about my greatness because it would it felt like it was like prideful or or I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the issue was, but, you know, I got set free from all of that. Mm-hmm. But I noticed that a lot of people have trouble saying great things about themselves. And that's what I love about you. I mean, you throw it out there. I love it. it I mean, when you, when you spoke in the women in leadership class, I was so empowered by your conversation because you were so bold and you were, I mean, you know, you're brilliant and you are owning it. And so that like totally stirred me up. And so um, there's other women out there that are ashamed and not they don't know their own significance. So which one little last piece of advice for any woman out there that's mm-hmm. struggling to be able to own their brilliance and speak it out and not be afraid. So, and I think I might've talked about this in, um, in that session that you're referencing. Um, if you are not in a place yet and everyone's not there where you can talk about yourself, because it, it's uncomfortable, especially as women, you don't want, I am phenomenal. Right. And all of a sudden, oh, that's the B. She's arrogant. She's whatever. Can she even put anything behind that? There's all this negative talk that goes along with that. But if I'm going into a room and Charlene and I, this is my girl professionally and personally. Right. So when I'm going into work rooms, I'm actually I'm not bragging about me. I'm bragging about Charlene and the things that we do together. Mm -hmm. And I'm building you up. And in the context of, I'm also talking about the things that I'm, you know, that I'm doing and how we intersect, but my focus is on elevating and amplifying you. And guess what? You are, you are now in rooms doing the same thing about me. So guess what? My greatness is now being known and I don't have to be the one because I'm not comfortable to be the one talking about it, but it's out there. The things that you can do until you, you know, exercise that muscle and figure out your your place and, you know, telling your story, but with or without that, I make it a point. I am amplifying. And a lot of times it's women, but I amplify men as well, but I amplify at least three women a day, period. Doesn't matter. In in some rooms, some outlet, I am speaking about another person, what they're doing and bringing their name into the minds um, and the hearts of people that may not know them. And I would challenge, um, you to do the same because you are always in a room that someone else isn't in. It may not be the room that you want to be in, but it's a room that somebody else would give their left pinky to be in. Wow, that is awesome. Well, thank you so much, EJ, for being on the show. And thank you, listening audience, for sharing with us because we create destiny moments because every heartbeat matters. So thank you so much, EJ, for being on the program. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for joining the podcast. When the Moment Chooses You is a bi-weekly podcast where I not only discuss my own passion and quest for responding to those destiny moments, but I will also be sharing inspiring stories, tips, and tools as we navigate this journey of life together. 
as you can see, I will also be interviewing amazing guests and risk takers with stories that seize the moment and transform their lives and those around them. My hope is to share my passion and to build a community around creating destiny moments because every heartbeat matters. Find me on social media and I'd love for you to subscribe to my YouTube channel, like and share as much as you want to. Thank you so much. And what will you do when the moment chooses you?